Welcome to Zero O'Clock, a podcast created to be a safe space to learn and grow. Grab your favorite drink and join us. Now brewing the good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome. I am your co-host, Kay. And I'm your co-host, Carrot. And welcome to episode two. For us, it's like episode five, I think. Yeah, we've been recording out of order, and it's been already just such a weird season. But we're just rolling with it. Um, Like we've explained in our first episode, we've decided to move the good, the bad, and the ugly into its own little segment so here it is and we promise it won't be our typical hour-long video or not video episode it's just us talking about news and our opinions yeah and um before we get started with all of that what are you drinking I'm drinking a Truly's pineapple. It's it's actually the one that Kay and I bought. Oh, my phone fell. It's actually the one that Kay and I bought when she was here. And I thought we were going to record last week, so I was saving it, but we didn't. So I saved it again. So it's a two-week-old Truly that's been just sitting in my room because I never put it in the fridge. But it's fine. It, it kind of describes how I'm feeling after my first full week of teaching so you know what are you drinking I'm so I did not have caffeine today because I've been going through this like really bad nausea in the mornings um so I had to skip out on my daily she's not pregnant I'm not it's just I don't know what's wrong with my body um but yeah I had to skip out on my morning coffee so I decided on my way home, I was going to go and buy Starbucks. I'm drinking a mocha frappuccino. And because it is the first one that we're doing for this season, we're going to offer a really huge disclaimer um, to begin with. Um, Do not take this as your only source of news. We are obviously not journalists. We are not anywhere. Both of us did not graduate with um, a media studies communications degree or any of that. Like, well, probably, I'm probably the closest to that form of degree with a political science and gender studies degree. It's still obviously very limited. Um, and we are in no way trying to say like, oh, you know, this is reliable news and the only news that you should take from us. But this is just us really expressing our opinions um, on what's going on in the world. And sometimes we are going to talk about very heavy information and very heavy news. So if those are some things that you just don't like to listen to, um, we are going to offer trigger warnings and disclaimers, um, but just take that into consideration when you're listening to these types of episodes. And also don't rely on only us as your information and as your source. Uh, There are many other mediums and outlets that you can find more reliable sources from. So just take us as another option. But again, mostly this is just our opinion and it is no way, we will try to offer as many facts as possible, but we are also going to be talking about what we genuinely think about these situations and these circumstances. So, you know, 
It's a little biased. If I come off as being like not contributing as much or boring in some of these topics, it's because I do have to censor myself even more now that I am a hired teacher and you just never know what can happen. So it's not that I have nothing to say. I really should not be saying it to a public audience just Um, in case. So, and even with that, like, I know a lot of you, um, or I don't know, like if you do think, but, um, compared to Carrot and I, I think I'm one of the ones that have spoken out a lot more on how I feel about certain situations. I'm very biased when it comes to certain things. I'm very outspoken when it comes to those things. Um, And so you kind of genuinely always hear my opinion and my true feelings on certain things, whether they're good or bad. Um, But I also am going to offer that disclaimer as well, where I am not going to be as opinionated as I was in prior seasons, just because I am also part of a school and working for um, a system of education and I'm working with younger students. So I do have to also watch what I say, although I'm not as censored as, because I don't work at a public school, so I'm not really like backed by the Department of Education, but I still do have to take that into consideration since you may never know who's going to listen to this. Um, the good, and I kind of want to start it off because, um, duh. So Latinx Heritage Month has started. It is two days into the month. Um, So for all of you who do not know, Latinx or Hispanic Heritage Month starts September 15th and um, it goes on 30 day celebration of just Latinx, Latine, um, Hispanic heritage for the next 30 days. And I'm personally very, very excited. And um, this is for zero o'clock. This is the second year that we're celebrating it. Um, If you remember last year, we celebrated by talking about Latinx collabs um, in K-pop. And um, this particular year, I'm very, very excited because I have a full-time job and I have a full-time job at a school with kindergartners. And on uh, Wednesday, which was the start of Latinx Heritage Month, um, we had assembly and um, we were talking to the kids about Latinx Heritage Month. And I actually, um, we got an email that same day, um, early in the morning, that was explaining to all of the people that work for my network of school that every single school is going to get a curriculum based on Latinx Heritage Month, and we're going to be teaching it for the next month. That's so cool. Yeah, and I was so excited, but I I don't know why I didn't think my school was going to do it until we were in assembly and we were teaching the kids and um the social worker which is the one that's in charge of it she was telling the kids that all month long we're going to do fun activities we're going to learn about different cultures and different countries in uh and america and just all of that and i'm very very excited i was so happy i almost cried i got shivers because that's something that i did not have growing up mm-hmm. and just to see that like you know most of our school population are people of color Um, and especially Latinx people. So a lot of those students were able to resonate, even though they're like five, six years old, but like just the fact that they get to be open about it and really get celebrated. And even the principal who is white 
was saying, you know, sometimes this is the time where we get to celebrate our peers and they deserve to be celebrated because we're special. That that made me want to cry right in front of the kids. So I'm very, very happy, very, very excited. Um, and I'm so, so happy to be in a place that like does that. And we're going to play Loteria, which is Mexican bingo, um, with the kids. And I'm just so, so excited. Um, this so is going to be like the best month ever. So, yeah. That's so fun. Yes. Um, I was thinking I need to plan something for it. I, a first year teacher, I have no idea what I'm doing. I didn't plan anything for 9-11. I felt horrible. I didn't even plan anything for the first day of this. And here I, like, when you said it, I was like, I was supposed to find articles so we can, like, do uh, a teacher's work is never done. But anyways, I, I'm excited and I do want to talk about it with my kids. And I have a whole bunch of books that's specifically for it that I didn't even look through. This is just reminding me of all the things I need to do, <laughs> but I am, I'm excited. And a lot of my kids are Latinx. So yeah, we'll we're very excited. And um, as many of you probably know I don't know like I'm assuming you all know I'm Mexican-American first generation Mexican-American and um Mexico celebrates its Independence Day September 16 but I say it's like a two-day celebration because we technically also celebrate September 15 at the end of the night because that's when um Dolores Huerta oh my god I should know his name oopsie um but he's a prominent figure in the Mexican Revolutionary War. Um, he did the, um, the yell or, yeah, the yell of freedom or like the yell to um, move away and like start the Revolutionary War against Spain. Um, and so it's like this really big thing in Mexico where everyone goes to um, what it's called the Socolo, which is a very important building in Mexico City. And um, the president at the time, um, he rings the original bell that Dolores rung, and um, it's just um, a cry for freedom. And so, what, and also, my dad's birthday is September 15. And what we decided to do, because we usually celebrate him here, but um, there was like this boat that was going around on September 15. Um, to do the yell for freedom in the boat and um, I was like you know what we never really do something like that for his birthday so mm -hmm. I decided to buy his tickets and we were on a boat and we celebrated the which El Grito oh, that's and fun. yeah so it was really yeah, fun. Yeah I saw it on your story but I didn't know what was going on I, I figured I put it together eventually but before you explained it like you're like we're going on a boat tonight and I'm like what is she talking about but yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was really fun it was really nice to be around people that you know are are Mexican are my culture and I think just being there just really um it all I always have like full circle moments but that was definitely one of them because um a lot of you know obviously like all of them on there were you know immigrants or are immigrants and the fact that they got to still celebrate that part of their heritage um even being far away from their land and what <laughs> i was just really emotional that night um the boat um took a 
the the route that it was going towards was the Hudson and was going to make a stop. Not really a stop, but it was just going to pass by the Statue of Liberty. And we were really, really close to it. So I was just out there talking to my parents about like, we were able to see Ellis Island really great. And so I was telling her about like how, you know, just the history behind Ellis Island, um, the words etched on the Statue of Liberty. I had to memorize it for AP US history. So I was like repeating it to her and just seeing that and then being with people who are immigrants and who still celebrate their culture in such a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like bawling my eyes out in the in the boat. So, but it was really nice and it just shows. And I really, really hope that the moment I have and the time when the time comes and I have my own kids, even though they're not gonna be, you know, completely first generation like I am, um, I still want that heritage and that culture to live on and to, for them to never forget that, you know, that we come from such a beautiful, beautiful history. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what this month is about. And I'm very happy and I'm very excited to see everyone celebrating their culture and their Independence Day and all of that. So it's a really great month. I'm glad you guys had fun, though. It looked fun. Yeah, it was so much fun. Also, you mentioning your kids not being first gen, I always think about that, and I'm like, how dare they not be first gen? <laughs> like, ugh, I'm going to create them, they're not going to be first gen. <laughs> but I, I feel like we don't really celebrate, like, Guyana's Independence Day. Like, we know when it is, but it's nothing big, and it's, like, so – it's emotional to see other – minority groups like celebrate their own independence and it's just so cool and I wish like I'm sure we do do it here but my dad doesn't do crap but anyways um it's just so cool and I think it's something we should all talk about and like be aware of but this also so one thing we say for Black History Month is that this is stuff that we shouldn't be teaching only when it's supposed to be taught so same goes with this month that these topics should be talked about all the time especially if you have i'm talking like you guys are all teachers but if you have students in your class you shouldn't be showing them that they're only important for a set number of days and then you're moving on yeah i totally agree with that and i think definitely for me though because like I I didn't I really did not have this growing up like mm-hmm. um, even though I went to school in district schools in um, the neighborhoods where there were majority um, Latinx and people of color like in general um, and the fact that there was never that um, that effort placed on making our heritage known and for us to acknowledge said heritage mm-hmm. the fact that you know, our students are getting to learn about it and stuff in itself. It's like such a huge step in a good direction, but also like, yeah, like, you know, this is not something that is just done for a month and that's it. So sorry. But um, were you able to hear that? Like, was that really loud? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm so sorry. It is prime time on a Friday. So no, it's fine. We're just living in the moment. It's like, we're all there. Yeah, just vibe. But yeah, um, it is not just 
30 days and that's it like we get to strip off our heritage after that mm-hmm. it like it's forever that's something um, that should always be discussed mm-hmm. so agreed with that um now we're gonna <laughs> Damn, I don't want to talk about the ugly either, but, like, can you calm down? Anyways, um, moving on and switching gears to um, a bit more of a difficult conversation. Um, now we're going to move on to the bad, and I want to offer a trigger warning. Um, so they are, as listed, abortion, death, incest, rape, and anything under those umbrellas. Um, also, for the segment for the bad and the ugly, uh, actually, just for the bad for now, all information comes from so.informed on Instagram. Um, and I also did take a little bit of information from them for the ugly, but um, it's not that much. Um, so for the bad, Texas passed a new abortion law, um, a new anti-abortion law, a few weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I believe. Um, And yeah, it made national headlines just as it should because of the severity of of the law and how how limiting it is and how vague it is. The fact that there's so much going, like so much energy putting, like being put into this topic like, we don't have so many other things to worry about that you're so worried about women getting an abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, why don't we um, place more funding on education? Why not fix the foster system that is, like, to shits? Yeah, uh, why are we There's so here? many ways that we can help kids that are alive and yeah like why are we over here telling a woman what to do with their body like that it's it's just that simple like there's nothing to really argue about it it's a woman's body and they choose what they want to do with it and this goes into like all of the things that are trigger warnings i get that some women get pregnant because of certain things so they don't got to keep that baby if they don't want it yeah Mm -hmm. and for those of you who um don't know as much uh governor greg abbott from texas signed a new law banning abortions after six weeks and if you are in any way if you just know about pregnancy in general that is too early to detect a pregnancy Mm -hmm. that is by the time you start to suspect you could be pregnant but you don't really know until you're on the nine-week week mark, yeah. which is, by then, under Texas law, too late to have an abortion. That's what they're telling you. So you can be pregnant and not know and not want the baby, but then it becomes illegal for you to get an abortion. And it's It is not just a doctor that could get in trouble. It is anyone who is involved. That includes the person driving you. That could include an Uber driver. And... They can get fined, arrested, a lot of things. They could and lose their And that goes license. into, that was the other problem. Without them of, knowing. Yeah, and that was the other problem of 
typically when you're going somewhere they're not asking you where you're going like they just take you where you need to be and I saw somewhere that's then breaking their own law of like trying to make sure that they're not taking someone who could end up getting them in trouble Mm -hmm. and it's just it's so many moving parts so many people are getting affected and it's a fact that you know there was not like you can just just by reading this law and just just by knowing like these small intricates and parts of the law you can just tell it was written by men because they don't know jack shit about anything happening about how early it is to detect a pregnancy the circumstances mm-hmm. the all like you said all of the moving parts that involve just getting an abortion and um this law also is basically setting groundwork for overturn overturning Roe v. Wade. And it is one of, it is the only law that has been upheld by the Supreme Court that still legalizes abortions. And in the recent, in the past few years, that um, specific um, decision, Roe v. Wade, has been under attack in so many directions. And um, a lot of people, when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away, Mm -hmm. a lot of right-wing conservative people were constantly making fun of everyone who was mourning her loss um, because they were saying, oh, you know, what is it, you lipped hard, white snowflakes, whatever they call us. they're like, you guys are overreacting. It is just another person dying, all of these things. But it's like, she was, um, she's kind of what was keeping the court in balance and really in general, genuinely protecting Roe v. Wade. Um, and now we are uh, in this, the Supreme Court now is basically in a tie. And so the person that's there, like, it's just, when they, when the, the Texas law, my goodness, I cannot think right now. When the Texas law was passed, there was a move to take it to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and they made the decision to not do anything about it. So it, that's, it was that's like, what I was going to bring up though. Wouldn't you think that laws on abortion would be like a federal, not a state regulation? Mm-hmm. Like, why is it by state? Um, that's kind of what Roe v. Wade allows for now. Like it's it allows for states to decide, but they are protected under federal law. Like you know, it is something that they could do. That that's that is just how complicated Roe v. Wade is. So that's why like that specific decision allows for states to decide how they're going to regulate abortions. Now, Texas decided to make it illegal like even though okay so this the texas law doesn't make abortions illegal but it makes it illegal after a certain time period under roe v wade that is basically allowed so but if at one point another law in another state you know happens to make the same move as texas and it goes to the supreme court there is the possibility that Roe v. Wade gets overturned. The Supreme Court cannot make laws. 
they can just either make it constitutional or unconstitutional, which is why it could be possible that abortions do become illegal if the Supreme Court decides. So technically, it is like so complicated. That is just the law. Yeah, I'm like sitting here trying to follow it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I get it. The Supreme Court. Okay, so you're okay. Not make okay, it just your opinion though. So, such like, so is it better that it's this way where like the states make the law, or do you think this should be a topic that's for like federal law? That's kind of the the conversation that has been going on for like the past 70 years in the country mm-hmm. because no one can really decide if like we want to keep it to the states or it should be something that's mandated federally. Um because I feel like there's pros and cons. Like at least yeah, this, at, le- at least like right now, at least it's just Texas. Like if this was a federal yeah. thing, it's the whole country. But it still sucks that, like, Texas is even allowed. Like, to let it be a federal law, you have to have a huge faith that they're yeah. going to, like... So, for it, for it to even be considered under federal law, now Congress has to do something about it. For it to become... So, for it to be something federal, it has to be an amendment. It is not just a law, it is an amendment. Mm. So, in order for the Constitution to be amended, you need at least... Um, one third. Oh my gosh, I should know this, but basically, you need two thirds of Congress. That is kind of impossible, which is why we only have twenty-five amendments. I think we don't have that many amendments to the Constitution because it, it is just so state. difficult to make an amendment, and it has to be basically more than a majority has to agree. Now. Have you ever thought about being a U.S. government teacher? Because <laughs> no one has ever, like, explained this where I understood. Um, I don't think <laughs> I am under, um, I don't think I'm, like, delivering this well either. Like, how but do this I? This is the most information. Like, I didn't, I don't remember, like, learning this from U.S. history, and I feel like I should know this, but I'm learning so much right now. Yeah, like, um, it is just, okay, so Roe v. Wade, like, going, just going back to Roe v. Wade. The reason it was able to be untouchable for the, the past couple of decades, um, it is it is because of the way that the court is set up. So even though they say, you know, you you don't have political parties when it comes to the Supreme Court, that is utter bullshit because that is just how it has been managing to do just that in the last at least 50 years. Um, and it is just so difficult. Um, so Roe v. Wade has like, it has kind of just sat there because it really does not, it, it, it offered the best possible solution at the time, which is just giving states the right to decide, but allowing for abortions to happen safely because they weren't happening safely. So now, because, um, pro-lifers just decided to come out and attack everyone. Um, And because, you know, we have lost a lot of people in the Supreme Court, and especially such a person that has respected and upheld individual rights and civil liberties like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, just her death alone was able to really push everything to the side 
And that was one of the First Amendments everyone was talking about that was going to be under attack because it is the one that really has been protecting civil liberties and women's rights in general for so long. And nobody likes to see women succeeding, apparently. Um, so, which is why we're seeing so many people really trying and, and doing all of these things. And especially this new anti-abortion law coming out is because they are taking advantage of the fact that they kind of, what is called a majority in the Supreme Court, where they're able to really kind of win and possibly overturn um, this huge, huge decision that has allowed for legal abortions to happen. Um, and so let's say, let's just say, right? And, and even though someone decides to sue Texas, like states, mm -hmm. states decide to sue, sue Texas. So it could be United States v. Texas, right? Um, and it goes to the Supreme Court. And obviously, like, like it is very complicated on the way that you sue, but let's say that they decide to sue, you know, that they are attacking the, the safety of a legal abortion. Mm -hmm. The Supreme Court, right now, the way it is set up, there could be the fact or like the decisions that they make to say um, what Georgia did or not Georgia. I, I don't know why I keep thinking about Georgia. What Texas did was legal and constitutional the fact that they are able to restrict these rights of a legal and safe abortion what that does is overturning roe v wade the legalization of abortions and then after that nationwide abortions will be considered illegal so basically you can have an abortion just not in a safe setting mm -hmm. so we're basically going backward to what it was before Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. So abortions are still going to happen, just not in safe settings, which is what I don't get because um, why, would you, why would you risk an individual's life? And I thought we were pro-lifers here for an unborn fetus. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So, you know. It is very complex. It is very, th there's just so many I just, strings. I like, I always like think about both sides. So like pro-lifers, I get where they're coming from. But the thing is, is that the baby's not here yet. So it's different if like they have the baby and then they like killed the baby. That That's wrong. But this is before we get to that point of the baby being here. They should make the choice of if the baby should be born and it's mm -hmm. so upsetting because now we're going to end up with people who might be having babies and they're too young or they can't afford it and now you're giving a baby a life that they don't deserve and that's why it's like how are you pro-lifers but you're not thinking about all these other things like yes life means just being born but you're giving the baby a horrible life if the mother isn't able to provide and what I really, what I appreciate from this conversation um, that has been sparked since um, the passage of this new law is that a lot of people have been obviously very against this law, especially our generation where it comes to, you know, 
why why would you do that mm-hmm. um and a lot of people and a lot of men um who actually do think about women you know um have been some of those yeah there are some of those in the world um are you know suggesting and giving you know information about vasectomies vasectomies are free and legal mm-hmm. apparently it can't happen for abortion but um and telling men that instead of a woman having to go on birth control having to get an abortion having to go through such of like such complicated loopholes and you know get their rights really stripped away from them and sabotage mm-hmm. um the they're they're giving pointers on vasectomies and where to get them and um the easy process it is on getting a vasectomy rather than a woman getting an abortion mm-hmm. and um it just goes on to show that there are people willing to learn and willing to take these things into consideration and you know a lot of men have just been saying if you don't want a baby just get a vasectomy like, and don't like, like, men think, like i don't know what i don't know how they think but like they're like i can't do that you know which is which is so funny because why you think you do that yeah like go get it and then if you end up changing your mind in the future get it undone like we don't have a choice like if we get pregnant we it, now can't be undone <laughs> like yeah. that's the problem here it can't be undone and it's not it's not as easy and yeah I- but yeah there's so much conversation that comes out of this and it's just it you know i do find some hope in our generation but it still sucks that there's still older men in charge of the laws that impact us yes, and our future. I always, I always say that I'm I can't wait for the men our age or the people our age to grow up and become in charge, but I really hope it's the right one. Um, but to finish off the bad, um, some good news. Um, so some resources for if you are in Texas, live in Texas, know anyone in Texas and um, want to help them out if they ever need an abortion or need access to anything um tfund.org or the texas equal access fund provides emotional and financial support and fundtexaschoice.org provides travel assistance to texas residents in and out of state um and also this is kind of going along the same lines but not really um but i thought it was really good to just kind of put it out there because it is kind of you know in the same topic California will become the first state in the country to outlaw uh, stealthing, which is the act of removing a condom uh, in between sexual intercourse. There are a lot of people who do that. Um, And, you know, a lot of people don't know that it is done to them until it is too late. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people do not get in trouble or punished because of that action um but now california will outlaw it and it will become illegal to do so there will be consequences if it is ever done and there ever comes something out of that mm-hmm. um, because it is at that point you are also not consenting yeah. um so good step in a direction <laughs> no what direction a direction, a direction. Okay, just a lot of information. 
a lot. The the ugly will try to shorten it a little bit so we're not over an hour, but also it's also sad. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the it was mentioned earlier where I forgot to talk about it with my kids. Um so 9/11, it was the 20th anniversary which blows my mind. And someone mentioned that a lot of the kids that we're teaching now doesn't even like realize that it's a thing that happened like we were all one when it happened but we're finally entering a group of kids where they like it didn't happen to them at any age and it's it's pretty weird because I don't realize how old I am and how like long ago things happened but also I think they need to be educated still and know what their history is. Oh, uh, so yeah, trigger warning, death, 9-11. Um, I get very emotional during this time um, because it is something incredibly personal. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I did not have anyone um, who were impacted by like yes, me this awful awful tragedy but um again if you do not know this i am from new york city born and raised here and um i had like this which is incredibly troublesome like now that i think about it because and like someone mentioned it too like on twitter but that like how trauma like really like like we're just so used to trauma because of how this like how we were just educated and like there's just so much to say about it but like growing up I really really enjoyed like not enjoyed but like I made myself sit and watch 9-11 documentaries to pass the time and so I basically have seen most of 9-11 documentaries because I was like incredibly intrigued and I would just sob my eyes out I vividly remember, I vividly remember um, when my, because I used to live at that time with my aunt, and I remember it was really early in the morning, and my mom was getting ready for work, and the news was always on, Mm -hmm. and just seeing the buildings collapse on national television, and my aunt and my mom just screaming in the living room. Like, I vividly remember that. That's, like, my only memory, but I remember it. I, there's this day in my life that I always think about, and I don't know if that was 9-11 or not, but it was, I just remember it being, like, hectic, like, a lot of tension, like, like, also, like, looking for my dad, because he worked right by the twin towers but once again i was so young that i don't even like know if that could have been the day my dad could have just been late any other day but it's so it's so emotional like i don't even like talking about it because i get really emotional just thinking about all the people that were affected and that we all there's a group of people who when you mention 9-11 they'll just like tell you like oh I was doing this on that day like it is a shared date that we all can talk about and it, it's um, it's weirdly comforting and emotional at the same time yeah. and um there like again I was 
very fascinated by very weird things when I was growing up. Um, and I love to look through our family album. Mm-hmm. And there's this one specific, like, my mom and dad love to organize our photo albums, like, chronologically and location-wise. I don't know. They're, like, really weird. Um, And there's this specific set of pictures that um, were taken in the Twin Towers. And there's a couple of pictures of my dad um, visiting one of the towers and then there's a few with with my mom now, like, because my dad has been here for, like, so long. Um, so it was when he was here, you know, when it was just him. Then he took my mom. And then, it's going to sound really, really bad. But then um, some of the pictures that follow it is um, the towers on 9-11. Because my dad was uh, working in the same street where the towers were. Um, so you can vividly see the towers mm-hmm. and the smoke coming out of them. And whenever, and um, I'm going a, I'm to a talk about it now because like, I'm going to forget later, but there's this new documentary on Netflix called, um, oh my God, what's the name? And I'm, I'm like crying watching it. Um, but it is also, a, I personally think it's really good because it's, it, it really genuinely gives you a lot of background Mm-hmm. on everything even post 9-11 and you know overtaking and, and you know militarizing over there in Afghanistan and stuff um it it is as the most unbiased documentary I have watched um turning point and um there's this one scene where I I am so so sure it's the same street my dad was on and it is so crazy because I'm just like is that my dad um, but I can't tell. But anyways, um, and yeah, it's just so like so crazy. Like there's just so many. I I have I have a very personal story with just this in general and the, the everything behind it, and it just goes on to show just how strong people are at the same time, and. I have like two very, I'm going to try to make them as short as possible, but there's this organization and I'm going to say it just because like, I know there is more places that they do it at. So I know my location is not going to be exposed, but it is called Jeremy's Heroes. And it was, it is um, an organization that goes as an after school program to many schools across the country. And it was an after school program that I joined in middle school. And um with one of the organizers uh i don't remember exactly how it happened but i remember we were sitting um in i think it was sixth grade we were talking about just life in general and and getting to know this this woman and we asked her like oh but what does jeremy's heroes mean and she said and she told us and i still remember to this day so her brother was on uh, flight 93 which is the plane that crashed in pennsylvania and um it is the plane that um passengers went in um and overtook the plane from the hijackers and it was one of the planes that was supposed to hit another building in dc but um because of the 
passengers that were able to stop it, they decided to crash it instead of going on to the destination. So one of them was this person, person named Jeremy. And um, he was very athletic. He was, you know, a very enthusiastic, energetic person. Um, so they do a lot of extracurriculars based on um, like Jeremy and his personality and who he was as a person um, in order to encourage the younger generation. And they obviously, everyone sees, especially those passengers, like everyone during that day, but um, particularly those passengers as heroes because they saved so many more lives than, you know, we can even think about. So thus Jeremy's heroes. And um, yeah, this, that, that lady that was the organizer at our school was his sister. And um, I remember just her talking about him, how emotional it was for her. And it just, the fact that they decided to do something in his name and mm -hmm. to commemorate his, him and, and who he is as, and he was as a person um, struck a chord. And also I had like this really deep, deep, I don't even know what it was. Um, that um, I was just so in awe of how everyone just came out afterwards of, of from that horrible day and tragedy. Um, I remember I would, you know, Ground Zero was somewhere that you never went to really. Um, and when I would go, I, like I remember still seeing it in, in, in rubble and just how closed off it was, how, you know, how messy it was just how how much you can still see from the towers still left um if you go now to ground zero it, it is not like that at all it is beautiful um so it just it's really bizarre to see but also that is one of the reasons i decided to go to school around ground zero it was just because i wanted to like i don't know every single day i would go by there i would want to pay my respects to you know, not only the people that passed away there, but everyone that helped out. Mm -hmm. And um, it is one of my favorite places to go. And like, I obviously don't know anyone that um, personally that passed away because of that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it is my duty, not only as a citizen, but a citizen and a resident of the city where, you know, it happened in. Um, I felt it, it was my duty to to go and pay my respects as much as possible. Um, so this past 9-11, my dad and I were just crying during the reading of the names. Um, it was very emotional. It's also and crazy I because this isn't this only happened in the United States. Like, this is a United States, like, major history thing. And I know that we have tons of people who listen from other countries. So, like, do you... Is this mentioned anywhere else? Like, do you, like, what do you know about it? And in, I think like, that, in another country, like, what is taught about it? I think a, a definite side note, though, that we have to acknowledge is just the aftermath that happened in the Middle East and especially mm -hmm. in Afghanistan. Um, yeah. Because it's like, there's, there's our, there's, I'm not gonna say, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say, 
our hurt isn't valid because it definitely is like it is tragic that so many innocent people lost their lives yeah but it, it is uh, also what? a lot of innocent people lost their lives because they were accused of something that they never had done and we decided yeah. to go and take over and yes put in an energy where it was not deserved no, you don't and, you don't fight fire with fire so yeah, yeah. um and yeah we share the hurt that was spread during this day and I can't believe it's been 20 years and I don't like I can't even if I'm hurting every single year this much and I had absolutely no one to grieve I can't even imagine the people that have to grieve um which I think brings me into more tears because I'm like man I want to share the pain with you um but my dad and I are very much like that and so um we back each other up and we just like cry and schedule um but yeah um that was a lot for our first the good the bad and the ugly maybe maybe our next episode will be on much lighter things but we hope you enjoyed it we hope you stuck around and it's also okay to not listen to these episodes because it is a lot yeah it's a lot for us too sometimes um but yeah um keep up with us and come back next week and i don't know i never know what we're going to talk about next week no so, next week's a fun episode oh well yeah <laughs> See, lighter, lighter i'm note. excited um but, so yeah yeah we've reached the end of this week's episode follow us on our instagram zero o'clock podcast and our twitter zero o'clock pod and remember to continue submitting questions and one day we'll answer them when we do have a question yeah <laughs> yeah it's not that we're not answering our questions it's, we don't have yeah, any. just know what happens <laughs> okay bye